the blast from our past network. Lock your doors, close your windows, turn out your lights, for chills and thrills await you. It's time for Podcasting After Dark with your hosts, Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Stay with a friend, say your prayers as grisly ghouls close in to seal your doom, and enjoy this bonus episode of Podcasting After Dark. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of Podcasting After Dark. I am one half of the pad team, Corey, a.k.a. Sleazy C., and joined with me is not Zach. <laughs> I am doing another solo video game review, uh, kind of like the one I did for Evil Dead, the video game, and uh, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. And this time, I am going to be talking about Aliens Fireteam Elite. came out in 2021, developed by Cold Iron Studio and published by Focus Entertainment for PlayStation, Xbox, PC, and as of about a week ago, the now the Nintendo Switch. So, <laughs> just to give you guys a little backstory, um, as you all probably know, unless you're a first-time listener, um, I am a huge fan of the Alien franchise. Um, I like to say that Star Wars is life, but Aliens is my favorite movie of all time. Um, I grew up... I grew up watching Aliens. <laughs> My dad took me to see it opening weekend or probably maybe opening week. I don't really, you know, I'm not exactly sure because I was about eight years old when that movie came out and I saw it in the theater with my father. So uh, that's that's something I like to talk about. And I've even I even told um, uh, Jeanette Goldstein and Mark Ralston that when I interviewed them, uh, I go check the, those interviews out um, because they both had very uh, different responses and whether or not that was appropriate or not. But uh, I grew up uh, loving aliens. I grew up reading the Dark Horse comics uh, in the 90s and everything. I read uh, all the alien comics, all the Predator stuff, Terminator and everything. And, you know, as much as I do love Alien 3, especially the assembly cut, um, my sort of my alien canon goes Alien, Aliens, and then the Dark Horse comics. That's sort of my preferred route. But, you know, all that being said, I've been also been playing Aliens video games my entire life as well. I loved if anyone remembers the Alien 3 one for Super Nintendo, it was fantastic. Um, remember the Aliens vs. Predator for Jaguar, Atari Jaguar? Um, I still have my copy of Alien Trilogy for, like, the PS1. Loved all that stuff. And uh, I even played the horrible, horrible Gearbox Aliens Colonial Marines game that was a complete debacle. Uh, if y'all don't know the story behind that one, go check it out. Uh, but I did play it, and I actually beat it a few times because, you know, it's like, what other options did I have, basically? But I do feel that Aliens Fireteam Elite is the game that I've kind of waited my entire life for. I say that as someone who's played it almost every single day since it came out about two years ago. That doesn't necessarily mean 
it's the best game ever. <laughs> Trust me, I'll, I'll talk about some of its, you know, shortcomings and everything like that. But uh, for me, it's it's kind of like my happy place. I play it to sort of unwind and just, you know, kill xenomorphs, be a colonial marine. And it's kind of a ultimate wish fulfillment in that regard. But again, like I said, it's not perfect. Trust me. Trust me, it's not perfect. Uh, I don't even would even consider it an A, you know, a triple A title game either. But uh, we'll get into all of that stuff. We'll get in all the nitty gritty as I break down and review Aliens Fireteam Elite. So, the story it takes place. Well, Alien and Aliens took place in the future, but this actually takes place past aliens you know uh years past that i think maybe 50 years plus maybe close to 100 or something like that um but in in the year 2202 the uss endeavor receives a distress call from the katanga space station orbiting lv895 you play as a member of the colonial marine fire team sent to investigate the story takes you from the refinery to the planet below and back to the refinery the story is good. Um, it's you know it's not the it's not like an RPG. It's not like the greatest thing ever. But there is a story that kind of pushes the action along and and what you're sort of you know guiding you through the different environments and everything. You start out on the refinery. It looks very much like you would expect. You know the, the visual aesthetics from the Aliens universe. They really got that right. Um, so basically. There are four different environments that you go to. Like I said, the first one starts off on the, on the refinery. Then you go down to the planet below. You deal with some in engineer stuff down there as well. And then you kind of come back up to the refinery and go into a different area of the refinery. And that part of the refinery is like the, you know, the, the aliens resin is everywhere. And it's, you know, starting to be turned into an aliens layer and everything. And they do a great job. Cold Iron Studios does a great job of really making it feel like this universe and everything. And even in, uh, uh, you know, even to mix things up, um, and I'll talk more about it in gameplay and everything, but even to mix things up, you know, you're not just fighting xenomorphs and various types of xenomorphs. You're also fighting synthetics as well, um, which is interesting and offers a different level of gameplay, like taking cover and things like that. But story-wise, since we're talking about the story, um, every mission, you know, you start off, you're on the Endeavor. You can walk around the Endeavor. You can talk to different NPCs. You can go, you know, buy gear. You can uh, find hidden unlocks, you know, intel and stuff like that. You basically can learn the backstory by talking to different NPCs. You can talk to, like, the pilot of the dropship. You can talk to other Marines and everything. Um, but keep in mind that Cold Iron Studios is a small team, small dev team. So they kind of had to not cut corners, but like they kind of had to make decisions based on time and what they could put their effort into. So for example, you know, you go and talk to one of these NPCs, non-playable characters for those of you who don't play video games. Um, and you know, it, it'll cut to a, you know, zoom into a close-up shot of them and you can, you know, read their dialogue as they're saying their dialogue, but the characters' mouths aren't moving. They're just kind of like looking at you and blinking. And it's sort of a, you know, it's somewhere in between a full cutscene that someone would, you know, where their mouths would be blinking, there'd be all kinds of stuff, and, and, and maybe a static 
image. They could have just gone the route of having a static image of that character as the text scrolls or something like that, but they chose to use the character models and everything and create this middle ground. It's it's not great, but you kind of get used to it, and it kind of, after a while, doesn't really matter because you're not talking to these characters uh, very frequently. Um, but it is cool to kind of walk around the ship, and, and you know, you can test your guns out. You can see the dropship in the hangar and all that kind of stuff. You can check all of that out. But I will say, aesthetically, as much as they do a great job, uh, Cold Iron Studios does a great job basically creating the environment to look very much like aliens. I mean, even the computers, <laughs> even though this is 2202, you would think they'd have like tablets with like holograms and stuff. No, they, they stick to the very much to the look and feel of alien and aliens with like very boxy computer monitors and all that kind of stuff. It just, it really does fit aesthetically. What I don't personally like about the graphics is how they redesigned the Colonial Marine armor and the dropship to basically update it. Because as I said, um, this does take place some years after Aliens. So you would, as you would expect, there would be technological upgrades to things. So the dropship looks like the, the Cheyenne dropship, but not really. And the Colonial Marine armor looks like Colonial Marine armor, but not really. And in both cases, I think they are very generic looking. Um, the Colonial Marine armor that is supposed to be updated now looks very Halo-ish. And if those of you have played Halo, you know that it's inspired by aliens and, and the Colonial Marines, so it's almost like things come full circle. But like I said, this armor doesn't look that great. And the dropship looks pretty bad, too. And, and by bad, I mean... It just looks in, it just looks generic. It doesn't look inspired, you know? Um, now, the good thing is, is that there is a DLC that you can buy, unfortunately, for like six bucks or something, that allows you to use original Colonial Marine armor cosmetics. So the your armor pieces, you know, that you, you wear will look like the Colonial Marines from the movies. So I bought that on day one, and I've always just used those. I've just rocked that look and everything. Um... Also, story-wise, one thing that was kind of a letdown, you know, as you're making your way through the environments and everything, and it's a little bit of a spoiler alert, um, obviously, <laughs> the last mission is going to end with a queen, right? Um, except you don't actually fight the queen. It's kind of like you fight, like, hordes of, of waves of aliens. And as a, as a you know, you're setting the, gener the refinery to overload. And then you have to eventually run out of there while you're being chased by a queen. And it is a bit of a letdown because you don't actually get to fight the queen. But Cold Iron Studios, I, they heard that feedback. And with the the Story Pathogen DLC that they dropped uh, about six, seven months ago, maybe closer to almost a year ago, they uh, the final mission in that is a proper boss battle with a mutated queen and everything. So they kind of made up for, uh, you know, that indiscretion. Um, one last thing about the story before I move into, like, gameplay and everything. There is a book, a prequel novel called Aliens Infiltrator that tells you what happened, you know, to the Katanga space station and everything. Um, but I didn't read it, and I probably won't read it because this story really wasn't what I was playing this game for. I'm here to just shoot xenomorphs. And 
that's the one thing I mean that you kind of need to do right. Like if you're gonna make a, a third person, you know, action shooter game, you gotta make the shooting fun and you gotta make killing the xenomorphs fun. And Cold Iron Studios, they put all of their effort into that, and that paid off in spades. So what is a third-person shooter? Um, you probably have heard of first-person shooters where essentially the, the screen is your is your eyeballs and you're just looking down the barrel of a gun and everything. Here, the camera's pulled back. You're able to see your, your Marine. You're able to, you know, see the other Marines with you. And, you know, when you aim down the sights, the camera can kind of zooms in a little bit, but you're still, your character's still in the frame and everything. So that's what a third-person shooter is. This game is a multiplayer shooter. So you're it's going to be you and two other teammates that you can either play with, you know, online, that you can, you know, find online. Uh, I don't it doesn't have couch co-op. Um, or if you go solo, it fills those two slots out with bots. Now, you know, they're they're dumb as bricks, but they can get some of the job done and you can pretty much make it through um, up to the, the last two difficulty levels by just solo, soloing it with bots. But if you want to play the two hardest levels, the last two hardest levels, you're going to need to find people online to do it. It's just the way it is because also bots don't have any specialties, like no class roles, um, whereas you you play a class, and I'll explain those in a minute, but when, if you're playing with other people, they're also going to be classes as well, but here the bots will just be sort of generic looking, well, they're not generic looking Marines, they actually look like synthetics, uh, their skin is white and everything, and they, there's two versions, there's an alpha and beta, and they just have um, grenades and pulse rifles, so they get the job done, but if you're going to want to play on higher difficulties, you're going to want to play with humans, you know, you're going to play, want to play with other people, and of course, that always comes with its, you know, pluses and minuses. Some people are going to play the game well. Some people are going to goof off and everything. And on higher difficulty levels, there is friendly fire. So you might get a griefer. You might get someone who's just a, a piece of crap and just, you know, goes into the game and shoots you. Or you might, you know, go into the game with some awesome players. I've I've played the gamut. I've played with great players. I've played with terrible players. And I've played with bots a lot, and uh, I gotta tell you, you know, there's nothing like playing with good players that know what they that they're doing, and there's nothing worse than playing with griefers and everything. So here's how this game's gonna kind of play out. There, like I said, there's four different in, uh, environments, four different locations, and there's three stages per location. You're gonna basically be replaying these stages over and over again, trying to level up your classes, level up your guns, find new attachments, find new challenge cards, uh, new cosmetics, and give yourself like more of a challenge and everything, like on higher difficulties. So this is not one of those games where you're gonna play through the story mission all the way to the end and be done with it. You're not gonna get much out of it in that regard it's this game is meant to be played multiple times um you, you know so for example you play it you play a stage you've already played it you know one of the things you can do to mix things up is you can add a challenge card to the stage so 
You go into the stage with that challenge card activated, and maybe that challenge card is, you know, the enemies do more damage. They move faster. Or maybe your your sidearm is disabled. Or maybe your, your perks are disabled. Stuff like that. There's all, and there's different, like, a tactical camera. There's a camera that makes it look like old 8-bit, you know, computer graphics. There's all kinds of fun stuff, and... That's kind of the bread and butter. These challenge cards are the bread and butter of the game because you are going to be playing the same stages over and over again. These things mix it up. You know, there's some that are like devastatingly hard where like an alien drone follows you throughout the entire stage and you can't kill it. And it just kind of keeps griefing you the entire time. But the trade off is you you get more XP out of it. You get more money out of it and everything you know and and like i said you use this xp to level up your classes to level up your guns um that's pretty much it your classes and your guns so the main classes that you can uh, play as are gunner demolisher technician dock phalanx lancer and recon they all have different stats. They all have different abilities, you know, unique to their to their class. Uh, they all have. Uh, you can level them up. You can level them up to uh, level eight, I believe, is is max for each one. And once you unlock those, you can actually, you know, kit them out with uh, with different, you know, uh, modifiers as well. So. For example, your gunner has, you know, grenades and another ability that's like this overclock ability that makes you like your gun have a fire ha faster shooting rate and stuff like that. You faster reload. It's kind of like a buff, a limited time buff, but you can tweak things. So you can add force multipliers to your grenades, making them stronger. You can, you know, lower the the cooldown time. You can extend the the how long the ability is activated for and stuff like that. Um, and so you can two people can play the same class vastly different. One person could spend all their your you know their points and values and everything into just making grenades stronger. Another person could spend it into making the overclock last longer and the cooldown is quicker. Some people could just balance it out. So you have a lot of options of things to to you know tweak your your characters and tweak your classes, you know. And you're going to want to learn each class. Some classes are much more valuable and higher, you know, uh, on higher difficulty levels. Like the recon class becomes very invaluable because as the difficulty goes up, finding ammo goes down, the enemy damage goes up. So like recon, one of the things recon does is uh, when you activate its ability, it drops ammo for the team. And that, if you're gonna run insane or extreme level, somebody has to be a recon. It just, it has to happen. Um, you know, you have a demolisher that gets to use the the pulse, I'm sorry, the uh, smart gun. Um, and they have all kinds of different smart gun variations that you can have up to, you know, the original smart gun. It looks exactly like it, sounds exactly like it. Um, and then different classes can hold different guns. So, you know, your assault guy, your, your gunner, He'll have a rifle and a CQC, like a close quarter combat gun, like a shotgun or a pistol. Uh, you know, a, a and pistols are different as well. So, you know, like, and then the technician may have pistol and a CQC. So they're like much closer up, but they have a turret that they can put down. You can also tweak the turret. Uh, the, you know, the demolisher has rockets they can fire. You can tweak them as well. And in this like ground burst device that kind of knocks all enemies back. Um, 
And then, you know, rifles, you have pulse rifles, various other rifles, like burst rifles and stuff that look, you know, kind of like pulse rifles and things. And for the most part, all the weapons feel very aliens-esque, feel very colonial marines-esque. Um, you know, the, the the burst rifle looks like a modified pulse rifle. Um, but for the most part, if given the option, I pretty much run a pulse rifle because it's a pulse rifle. It's my favorite gun of all time, and it sounds perfect. Um, you can also put attachments on your gun. Every gun can have three attachments. So you can, you know, change the how the guns behave as well. There's a lot of customization in that regard. Uh, there's some minor cosmetic customization that you can find, which, you know, gives replay value, find hidden chests in each level. Every time you go into a level, there's one chest hidden somewhere, and if you want to find it, you can. But for the most part, you're not really going to be exploring these levels too much. They are very point A to point B. There's a couple times that they have paths that go around differently, but you still end up sort of in the same location, and and the variations are nice, but you're going to see the same environments over and over again. What you're What's bringing you back is, you know, finding the hidden cache, leveling up your guns, finding new, um, you know, attachments, finding new perks, things like that. Um, and then just the the fun of just killing xenomorphs. So you're not just fighting, you know, warriors. You know, you're actually fighting a bunch of different kind. There are runners that kind of look, think about Alien 3. Uh, it's kind of like that alien. Uh, there's warriors, there's crushers, there's poppers. They just like explode into acid and everything. There's spitters, there's Praetorians. Um, all of them have like different, you know, critical hit locations and stuff. So like one might be the head, one might be something else. Uh, one thing I really did enjoy about this game is that it really puts into perspective the the size difference and just the sheer power of, like, the runner xenomorph versus the warrior xenomorph. And, you know, they explain it in-game, and this is kind of how canon in, in the Aliens universe is now, is that the warriors come out of humans. Uh, the runners kind of come out of, you know, animals, four-legged animals, and so on. And, uh, you know, retrospectively, as hard as it is to kill a singular warrior in this game, kind of puts into perspective, uh, you know, how the, how the team you know, from uh, the Salako got creamed. You know I mean? Because they fought an entire hive of warriors. It was it was wild, you know, when you retrospectively sort of put that into perspective. But the great thing is, is that there's no shortage on these stages of different aliens types to fight, and they behave differently. And when they come at you in a swarm, they're fun. I mean, they're running on the ceiling. They're running on the, the walls. They're popping out of grates and everything. So, you know, you really do have to, like, keep your head on a swivel, and you have to look up, down, left, and right. And, you know, you can get pounced on. Um, you, you have to do, like, a little mini game to get them off of you. You can get picked up by a warrior, and he's, like, trying to, you know, grab your face and everything. You have to hit, hit like, buttons to kind of break free of, of the grapple and whatnot. And, uh, you know... The Praetorians just get harder and everything, and it's just it. It's a good escalation, and you know, just killing the Xenomorphs, watch, watching them pop, watching them get shot by pulse rifle rounds and stuff. It's satisfying. If you're a fan of aliens, like just the action of it, I mean, this this does a great job of replicating that. Of course, there are eggs, there are face huggers. If they jump on you, you have to again another mini game to kind of throw it down and shoot it and everything. It's a ton of fun in that regard, especially if you're an Aliens fan. And keep in mind, 
this is not like Alien Isolation, where where that game was very much you know a, a stealth driven game. This is an action game. This is more like Aliens versus Alien. So this is you know you're going to be firing off rounds constantly, and it's always satisfying, and it's always a good time. So you don't just have you know the challenge cards to mix things up. You also have daily and week to weekly tactical opportunities. Uh, you know these are kind of things like kill 100 xenomorphs, and then you get XP and credits and stuff. Uh, you can go and you can buy new guns in the store, but you know for the most part you have to find find them in the wild and stuff by completing missions. You have a higher chance of finding better weapons the higher difficulty level that you complete a stage on. But obviously, you also have a chance to to die. If you die on that stage, you know, there is no checkpoint in the stage. Each stage roughly takes about 20 to 25 minutes to book through. Um, if you go down, your your teammates can revive you. But if you don't get revived, you know, you die. And uh, pretty much, I mean, you lose the XP and stuff. But the kind of the big thing is you lose the challenge card. If you were using a challenge card on that mission, you lose that. That gets burned if you die. It also sucks if you like you have a disconnect. You know, like playing an online game and it disconnects. You'll also lose the challenge card there as well. Um, but you know, you can buy more challenge cards. You can uh, craft challenge cards and stuff like that, and and have fun with it. You know, I have challenge cards that I like to use. I have challenge cards that I just I never use, and I just kind of burn them and and try to get ones that I do use. Uh, some of the better ones are like. Uh, ones that like make your abilities like their cooldown time hat in half or 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 their abilities double in strength. So if you have if you're running like a demolisher and you have rocket set, uh, you know, and you run that challenge card, you know, and doubling their damage, you know, you you can do some some good damage and everything. Um, like I said, you know, it's so much fun to shoot these xenomorphs because they they sound great, and so does your pulse rifle. And in general, the sound design for this game is fantastic. Actually, the music is so good that it was nominated for an award. Um, so that I mean, there is some real high quality stuff going on here, even if it's you know a smaller dev team. Graphics, I mean, the environments look fantastic. Uh, I I think the character models look decent. It looks a lot better on next-gen game systems, um, either Xbox, whatever the newest one is, I'm, I'm not sure, or PS5. Um, I have not played it on um, the Switch because that just came out recently. But I have played this on the PS4, and then I played it on the PS5. There's a massive graphic you know, upgrade to the PS5, and everything runs smoother. But this is not a AAA title. You know, this is not going to be Call of Duty Modern Warfare level graphics. They just don't have the dev team for that. But what they do do, they do do well. <laughs> um, I do love the environments. And like I said, I love the sound effects. You know, the pulse rifle sounds amazing. The xenomorphs have a very satisfying pop, you know, when they explode and everything. And it's just like a, a ton of fun, you know. And then the whole time, you know, there's... VO talk characters are talking to you over the headset and things like that. And, you know, I've heard the same dialogue a million times at this point, but it's not bad. It's it does its job. And, you know, like I said, it gets the job done. Um, but the, the the gun models, fantastic. Like the, the the guns, like how they look, the smart rifle, the, sm the I'm sorry, the, the, the smart gun looks amazing. The pulse rifle looks amazing, you know, and the attachments, you know, look cool, like you got your standard issue pulse rifle. You, you can put on a new um, clip 
that'll do something different, you know, maybe give you modified armored piercing rounds type of thing, and it cosmetically looks different. Um, there's a scope. You can put, like, scopes on it. They You can see them. They are cosmetic. Uh, and, like, new barrels. Um, you can also find like shaders, like cosmetically speaking, you can find shaders for your guns. You can find find decals for your guns. You can get like emotes for your characters. So they can do funny things. Um, but I do wish you could do shaders on your armor. I do wish you could uh, apply like decals and cosmetics to your armor as well. I feel like that's kind of a missed opportunity because, you know, in Aliens, in all the Marines armor was, was, you know, decorated individually by the actor and everything to kind of give their character more personality. So I really wish you could do that here. But again, I have to emphasize that, you know, Cold Iron Studios is a smaller dev team. And I do believe that they put their efforts into the places that matter. And that's, you know, the gameplay, the guns and, and the, you know, the aliens and the way they behave and the way they move. That's what keeps it engaging and fun um there is dlc for this most of it is cosmetics you can buy you know cosmetic dlc which is that's fine it, you know if you don't have it it's okay you know i i bought it all just to kind of support the dev team um you know some of the cosmetics are really cool like they have those Man, do you guys remember in Alien 3 at the end when those Colonial Marines sort of were, were, you know, coming with Lance Henriksen to get, you know, get Ripley and everything? But they kind of had that uh, weird puffy-looking armor. I, I don't know how to explain it with, the, like, these goggles and stuff. Like, that's DLC. You can you can have your character look like that. Um, you also can buy DLC to make your characters look like original Colonial Marine armor, and that's pretty much what I've lived with, you know, ever since, you know, and it also applies to like the smart gunner. So for example, you know, you have, say you have a smart gunner, obviously looks like a smart gunner. If you guys remember how, how like Drake looks, he has a different armor set, you know, the classic smart gunner looks like that. But then say, for example, you're running, you know, with your technician, you're running the, the classic colonial marine armor technician version you know their sleeves are going to be rolled up and and whatnot but then the recon version their sleeves will be rolled down even though it's the same looking armor and everything so they do nice little variational changes and things and of course you can have like a helmet or or mask or you know and you can have fun like giving your your character the standard colonial marine armor but then having their their helmet not be a helmet maybe the targeting headset that drake and vasquez use you know stuff like that so you can have some fun with it you know and you can tweak your characters to you know have a beard male female you know how they look but it, you know there's kind of like 10 different looks pretty much is it it's not like um, massively um you know uh, cosmetic you know it, it's it's not like you're not like being able to like mess like with the size of the nose and stuff like that. You're kind of limited with what you got, but I've seen people have fun with it and do some fun stuff. Um, so the DLC, most of the DLC packs are are you know kind of cosmetic and things like that. But there is a story DLC pack called the Pathogen DLC. Um, it comes with three new environments. Uh, the story is a continuation of what you were playing. And, um, you know, uh, or I should say not environments, but it's a new environment with three stages, basically. And it does have a, a very satisfying finale where you actually fight, um, you know, a queen. But they're kind of mutated. There's a whole mutation thing going on story-wise. It all makes sense in the game, <laughs> you know. Um, but like I said, there's also more, there's other gameplay stuff. Like when you're fighting the synthetic, 
aesthetics, uh, there's a cover system to the game. So if you're if you're if there's something that looks like you can hide behind it, you know, as cover, you can. You you hit a button and you sort of duck down behind it, and you can pop up to shoot via aim, or you can sort of shoot over cover and you know blindly shoot with you know obviously lower accuracy. It's not useful at all when you're fighting against aliens because they're the xenomorphs because they're just coming straight at you. But when you're fighting the the synthetics and you know there is a, a stage in the middle that's very synthetic heavy, so it's fun. But it really does mix things up, you know, from keeping things you know to be too stale and too repetitive. Then all of a sudden you're you be, this becomes like a a cover based shooter, and you know they're shooting back at you. They're you know they have cover as well, so you have to kind of implement you know, different tactics. And it's and then they'll even throw aliens in the mix as well. So you're fighting synthetics and you're fighting xenomorphs and the synthetics are fighting the same xenomorphs as you are. So it's like this three-way battle uh, and you can kind of, you know, use use things to your, your advantage. So if, if synthetics, enemy synthetics are fighting some xenomorphs, you just shoot some grenades down there and try to kill both, you know? it's uh, It's really cool. I think Cold Iron Studios did an admirable job correcting Aliens Colonial Marines. You know, this isn't as story-driven as that game was, but I think that this delivers the experience that people wanted, myself included, from Aliens Colonial Marines, which was about, at this point, I don't know, like 10, 12 years ago. Um, there's no multiplayer where you're fighting other people. That's kind of one thing that's that's missing from this, but at the same time, that's not what this game is about, really. You know, you're, this game is about fighting swarms of of aliens and xenomorphs. And I should have mentioned it up in the gameplay area, but not only are you know are you playing the same story missions over again, but there are other modes as well. Uh, they're mostly horde based modes. Um, but there are four different environments, uh, and you know, and they're pretty much if you've played like Gears of War or anything else that's you know, has a horde mode to it, you know what to expect. It's you know multiple waves of increasing amount and difficult uh, you know aliens with you know if you get to the end you get XP and you can get unlock cosmetics or weapons and some some of the stuff is you know exclusive to those you know horde modes and everything. So you know there there's a lot to sort of play with but at the same time there isn't you know i can understand why people would be a little bit turned off by the the rinse and repeat formula here but for me i love it and this is a game that i feel was made specifically for me this is a game that's made for Corey, and i am well aware that it's not for everybody. I barely know anyone who plays this game. I think uh, Tim from Talking Back uh, played it, but I don't know if he ever beat it. Um, but I, none of my friend group play it, so I, I've been just solo loboing the whole thing pretty much. We're playing with people online. I would love to have you know a complete fire team, uh, you know, friends to actually play it because I don't know if I'll ever platinum this game because i don't think i'll ever beat like extreme or insane difficulties but i'm st I mean, I've been, literally if you can ask my wife i've been playing this game religiously for about two years straight now it's my it's my happy place it's my place to go and you know turn my brain off you know it's it's my it's the game that i play if i just want to zone out and and not think and sometimes i'll just like you know listen to a podcast while i'm playing it and it's kind of like muscle memory and i love it 
And also on the same side of that coin, sometimes I love to just put my headphones on, uh, not listening to podcasts, but like a video game headphones, and actually, you know, listen to the game and, 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 you know, immerse myself in it and just have a good time with it. And it's just, it's, it's the alien, it's, it's more so it's the colonial Marines fantasy that I've always wanted, but it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, you know. If I were to rate it, I'd give it a B minus, maybe a C plus for, for most people. But for me, it's an A plus and I'll keep playing it. Uh, you know, there's teasing that that they're, they're going to be working on more content. So as of the time of this recording, the game isn't dead. There's still like more content coming, although they haven't announced what it is. And more than likely, because it's what they've sort of been doing, it'll probably just be another horde map, um, which seems to be what they're going to keep the game alive with. But I'm fine with that. I love the horde maps. They're they're a lot of fun. I just love fucking shooting xenomorphs, man. It's 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 awesome. Pulse rifles and, and smart guns for life. So if I if I could literally ask for one thing. It would be in the hangar of the Endeavor, where it's sort of like your main hub when you're starting missions and everything. I wish, and I would pay for it, I wish you could swap out the new horribly generic dropship for the original Cheyenne one. I wish you could do that cosmetically. But again, I get why the team hasn't worked on anything like that, because they're putting their time and effort into, you know, better things. So... You know, at this point, you can get this game for super cheap because it's been out for so long. Because even when it came out, it was like $40. Like, it was already, you know, kind of a budget title when it launched. So, I think you can probably find it for $10 or cheaper. You can probably find it super cheap used or something. And, uh, yeah, if, if you're a fan of Aliens, if you're a fan of just, you know, that kind of third-person shooters, I recommend Aliens Fireteam Elite. So... Hope you guys enjoyed this solo review. Um, hope you guys uh, like these in general. I kind of do them, you know, when we sort of need content to be filled and, you know, if it's appropriate. And for this, it's, you know, dropping it close to uh, this year's Alien Day. So I figured that would be an appropriate tie-in. But uh, thank you all so much for, for listening to me ramble for about 30 minutes about a game that you'll probably never buy. <laughs> I, I know it. You know it. We all know it. But thank you for making it this far in the discussion. And, uh, you know, if you like what we do, check out uh, what we got going on on Patreon. Zach and I are, are basically making our way through John Carpenter's entire filmography right now with The Carpenter Factor. And uh, we also have our monthly wrap-up after dark show. And you get, uh, you know, access to everything ad-free, you know, and uh, help support the show and everything. So, of course, uh, check out $2 Lifey as well. Support uh, Zach's other other wife, other uh, Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> his other wife and uh you know let me know if you're actually if you're playing aliens fire team late let me know hit me up on social media when i'm promoting this episode and everything and uh maybe i'll see you on there and as always we'll catch you on the dark side Be sure to subscribe to Podcasting After Dark and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Support Podcasting After Dark on Patreon. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Podcasting After Dark. And visit us next time for another installment of Podcasting After Dark with Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Zach Schaefer.